we are legends. Hey guys, this is Kage here. Um, Hate Mail was unable to join us this week, unfortunately, but I just wanted to make a quick podcast for you all. Uh, seems like there's a lot that's been going down this week, so I just wanted to bring a special guest on. Um, he's a prominent member of the community. His name is Bruno Buffalo, and uh, we're going to be talking about some team comps, some atrocitous counters, and then talk about the siege drama that's going on. So Bruno, you want to talk? Tell uh, tell the audience about yourself. You want to introduce yourself here? Um, yeah, look, I've uh, been playing for a little over a year now, um, primarily big on various different types of comps, but I've been getting, uh, over the past sort of six months, been uh, getting quite involved in the uh, Reddit community and actually putting a bit more effort into understanding sort of how to, how to manage my resources uh, a fair bit better, so I'm getting a lot more out of the game. Uh, um, yeah, uh, definitely enjoying the past few uh, past few months. I think it's been quite interesting seeing some of the turns that have been released, especially with the um, uh, different metas that seem to chop and change over a few months. Uh, right. I'll always go back to my favourite, uh, good old Kagar. Uh, he fits any comp, but um, yeah, it's interesting to see how much it's changing over the past few weeks, months actually. Yeah, Castaway kind of like faded for a while during Deathstroke era because of his uh, random attacks. You didn't you didn't want him to randomly attack a baby Lobo and you know set De- Deathstroke off, right? And um, I mean, when Deathstroke has something like a thousand buffs that appear at once, Kaga kind of doesn't really have too much effect there. But I think he's got a sweet spot in pretty much any any comp, and as long as you know how to. I guess direct that random file uh, when appropriate. Uh, yeah, he can fit pretty much anything. Uh, thank God that Deathstroke meta has gone because that was probably my most hated few months ever. Right. Uh, so anyway, uh, are pretty active in chat. Um, at least in the chat, me and you are in, and other players, and even uh, <laughs> you're you're always a uh, fond of the underrated tunes like uh, Black Canary and Martian Manhunter and uh, even CR7's kind of sold on your uh, work how many um, yeah uh, Black Canary is one of those ones that I think she's underrated primarily I mean you're seeing her a little bit more and more because people are starting to click onto the fact that having someone that can sort of direct quite a heavy turn meter control is unbelievably useful. Having someone that can get counterattacks triggered is incredibly useful. And on comms such as ones with uh, Atrocitus, I mean, we talk about it all the time, Atrocitus can double out the amount of buffs and debuffs that any turn is able to put out just because he's able to add turns that don't actually count as turns. So you've got Black Canary, for example, doubling up her amount of evades She's able to cause counterattacks as a result of that. So you're just sort of spreading out hits left, right, and center. 
Uh, Martian Manhunt is another one of those ones who he he's not there to deal damage. I think a lot of people expected him to sort of completely and utterly obliterate everyone because of what they see in the comics and movies and TV shows and that sort of stuff. But I think his main thing is letting your turn survive long enough to be able to either ramp up or do what they need to do. So you've got him there as leader, putting awareness on your on your team. That's probably one of the best ways of stopping atrocities, for, for example, because AT leads, all the turns are, are bound to go first, um, uh, assuming all other things are equal. Manhunter just chucks on those awareness, ensures that it doesn't matter if Deadshot does his super move or if you've got... Harley, you know, doing her doing her counterattacks, you get to sort of stave off that initial round of hits, let your turns catch up, and sort of go from there. If you're going, um, yeah, I think it's one of those ones that lets, especially Wonder Girl, right? So she's awesome at just proccing her lasso sort of over and over, but everyone goes after her pretty much straight away. And this uh, Red Robin, now every team has him it's essentially made taunters useless um and that's sort of my my go-to is having a taunter there now everyone can beat me in pvp as a result but martian man with his leader means that who has true sight if they can't actually get past an awareness doesn't matter if wonder girl triggers her lasso because she's got a stack of awareness that she has to get through until she gets to that sort of sweet spot buffs that you know you really wanted to counter so i think those underrated i'm sort of rambling yeah but those underrated turns i think it's just a matter of fitting them in with the right comps and understanding what you're trying to stop are you trying to stop uh those initial one hit kills or are you trying to stop uh area effect attacks or or are you trying to get counter attacks going so that you can multiply the buffs that characters get off their basics right now, um, I know one of the uh, dominant teams are popping up on my PvP boards. I don't know if you're seeing this a lot, but uh, I'm seeing a lot of Atrocitus, Woman Girl, Power Girl, and Etrigan. And uh, I'm not going to lie, that's kind of my go-to team right, not right now, because you can just auto, come back, and you've won, right? Yeah, uh, exactly right. You can run that team through Red Alerts, that's what I do. And then by the end of the <laughs> 12 stages, you'll have full shield, full health, full overheal. Whatever. Um, yeah, exactly. So people, a lot of people are actually struggling with that. Do you have any ideas on counters? Uh, the easiest way that I found to get past that, especially seeing as most people ramp up those freebie tunes, um, my go-to is going AT lead with uh, Wonder Girl Kaga. Uh, Power Girl's not going to do her retaliation unless she's got four strength up, right? So even if she's got the death immunity going and her and her um taunt Kaga will always strip that. Invariably your um your Wonder Girl is probably gonna go next. Um if not if not Power Girl. But in, in any case, usually you're able to get rid of that death immunity pretty quickly. Um as long as you get ensure that your Kaga is same level as everyone else on your team, he'll always go first. Ensure that Power Girl can't take a hit and sort of take that first wave of the Enragers um, and follow up with an AT um, area of effect attack. Assuming that you have that legendary, you're going to get 
a free range of turns from all of your t- turns. And yeah, I found that that works nine times out of 10. Um, that one always seems to be the one that, that ends up getting through the, um, getting through that, that particular comp. Uh, there's not too many ways to get past it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I've been trying it out a little bit with, um, uh, Black Canary instead of Kagar, but, the problem with that is that she will do her turn meter basic and Powergirl is just going to hold off onto that death immunity for weeks and months because <laughs> she never gets her turn. So unless the lasso procs, which it rarely does uh, in those first few turns, you're just going to be wasting turns there. Um, the only reason that you might be able to get away with, with Canary is... Um, she might be able to stun once you get control of her again, but Kagura is sort of the way to go. Um, yeah, it's about using those basics if you're going to run a if you're going to run a AT lead. Um, I've heard from others. I haven't really messed around with Red Robin too much, but running that for True Sight tends to work. The problem is their AT lead invariably is probably going to get their turns to go first. What I another one that I actually found works really well is. Um, Kid Flash. Kid Flash will outrun the AT leader bonus and his turn meter down. This one's actually been stuffing up my comps when I've come up, come up against a Kid Flash. His AOE, the turn meter down that he causes, negates the effect of AT leads bonus, which means that their turns can go first. So if you go Kid Flash with Red Robin in the one team, you can outrun the AT enraged leader bonus and go for gold from there and hit whoever you need to hmm it's really interesting um i personally don't see a lot of value in uh kid flash just because of his passes being so heavily gated but uh i'll, uh, I'll let hate kind of test out those comps and see what he says but i'll take your word for it man um kid flash is probably one of those i mean you you tend to be really right all the time um I didn't know how good Canary was until I listened to you and then uh, all these other tunes that you just crank out and you're just beating these people left and right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'll take yeah, your word for yeah, it. Yeah, I think Kid Flash is almost two turns in one, right? Like, if you've got him with the speed up team, he's a completely different type of turn to when he doesn't have speed ups. I mean, AT sort of gets his basic going and gets that turn meter control like there's no tomorrow um you never expect like if you go in knowing that you're probably going to lose kid flash at some point in time during that match um then you're sort of better off than expecting to try and run him to live the entire way his main thing is ensuring that your heavy hitters get out there before the rest do and take out people like Etienne or or uh, Wonder Girl before they can do too much damage. He'll probably die, sure, but you at least sort of open up that gap from there. Um, there are some... Ter- it's like uh, Swamp Thing, right? You kind of don't mind if Swamp Thing dies because of the benefits that you get from while he's there, and obviously he gets his revive bonus. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's a, that's a fair way to look at it. Um, moving on to the next thing... How are you doing uh, in Siege so far, man? What do you think of it so far? Uh, yeah, I love it. 
I love it. I think it's great. I think it's an overwhelmingly fair event, and I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's uh, nerve-wracking. You know, you lose a match here and there, and it's it hurts you for the rest of the day because you're like, oh, man, five uh, five got you down the track. I have to wait another how many ever, however many other hours you need to wait for that to sort of reset. So it is sort of nerve-wracking when you do lose those, those oh, yeah. matches here and there. But, yeah, Definitely enjoying it, and um, man, you know me, I spend every single resource I get as soon as I get it. I never actually hoard up resources, so the fact that I'm forced to hit those uh, rewards and actually get them means I'm stocking up uh, green essence like there's no tomorrow, so it's actually forcing me to ramp up, uh, sorry, uh, ramp up some of my turns. It's forcing me to, to do those 30 campaign mm-hmm. um missions so i'm actually getting way more benefit out of it i'm actually probably gonna continue to try and hit those goals every day even after the event because i'm seeing so much benefit out of it right yeah because uh, before you probably weren't even doing like 30 heroics were you no wouldn't be bothered uh but figured out that it's actually relatively easy to just chuck things on um on auto and the good thing is it's forcing me to um ramp up some some turns that I so easily could have farmed up until now, but just never bothered to. Um, so, you know, aiming to get Hal Jordan up to L4, uh, kind of hoping to get Chet up to L5 at some point. So it's good. Yeah, definitely not complaining. Right on. Um, are there any adjustments that you'd like to see in the future if they, if they do another siege? Yeah. Not sure. I'd be keen to see what ideas are out there. I think it's pretty well balanced as as is. I'm I'm pretty happy with the fact that I can realistically actually get uh, you know, a couple of legendaries in with a paywall. Uh considering that up until now I haven't really wanted to put in too much money. Like, as you know, I'll spend a little bit of money on the game, but not definitely not enough to to, you know, get the uh, paywall character after L4 or, or L3 even for that matter. Um, I'll usually prefer to spend my money on sort of ramping up a broader range. So yeah, I I think the only thing that they could improve is keep on doing it for the future. It's good to get everyone involved. Yeah, I think it's an improvement on the uh, Martian Manhunter <laughs> experiment they did because oh my god, that was expensive. <laughs> Yeah, I tried and I was like, what am I doing? I can't, no, this is, try to turn that so far isn't really, it hasn't, you know, been tried or tested at all. I don't know whether or not it's going to be worth it. And for that, yeah, so the first few months, it definitely wasn't worth it to, to have him. I think there were so many people that were like, under this turn, I can't use him in any comp. The people that sort of held on, so CR7, for example, seems to be loving him currently because it's the ultimate AT counter thanks to his his sort of team awareness. So anyone out there that has sat on Martian Manhunter and is hating on the AT teams, now's the time to ramp them up. I think the event was terrible at the time, but uh, every cloud has a silver lining. Yeah. And uh, so I wrote up a thing on Reddit a couple of days ago um, telling people to boycott the Avarice energy sale. Um, and I know you share a different opinion of me. You were actually uh, for the sale. So 
Uh, can you explain your position and uh, kind of clarify to the community what this uh, sale was all about? And uh, explain your app background yeah. too. So I work in app development. I've worked in various large corporations, primarily around software and app development. So I've seen sort of what it takes for devs to be able to get things out the door. And I think the other thing that people need to bear in mind is that there are so many layers of management. It's not just sort of DCL, then marketing, then Warner Brothers. Usually, you know, you'll have someone who's a product manager or something to that effect who needs to understand what the, what, you know, in this case, Warner Brothers wants out of the game, give that to the developers and then also provide some opinion as to what they want the game to be, right? So what my gut feeling tells me and, and based on sort of previous experience and other roles is that they wanted to create quite a fair event, which they did to begin with. Everyone seemed to love it. I think after a couple of weeks, what we've seen is that there has been uh, a hit in the back pocket of Warner Brothers from all the PvP players that we just don't know about. So Reddit is a drop in the ocean in terms of just how many players are out there. We happen to see the... Um, sorry, I keep on saying PvP. I meant P2P. Uh, pay-to-play guys that are out there on Reddit are the positive ones. They're the ones that actually genuinely care about the sort of free-to-play guys. All we don't see is that there's, for every, you know, for every hate mail that we've got in uh, Reddit, there's 10 kids out there with their daddy's credit card or, or people who just have way too much money who pour money into this game and suddenly stopped buying stuff because they couldn't buy their way to the top of this particular event. So I know that in previous corporations that I've worked in, I probably would have gotten a tap on the shoulder saying, you're not making enough money. Um, make your devs come up with a pack that will get these thousands of customers that otherwise would be buying packs buying again. Um, if I was in that position, I'd be turning to my devs and saying, what is the only way that we can get a pack out there that impacts the free-to-play players and the sort of spirit of this event as little as possible? So solution to that, you just make the world's most expensive pack that only the whalest of whales are possibly able to purchase so that the impact of having a sale like that is as, is as minimal as possible. Um, you know, the the rankings that you sort of drop down in this particular event, if only 10 people are able to buy the pack, so much less than if a 1,000 people are, are able to pay it. I think that they created a pack that is minimizes the impact of pay-to-play. So I think everyone needs to sort of see it from the mindset that, A, Reddit is not the BL and end all of all the, all, all the players that are out there. Um, and you also need to see it from the lens that they needed to have a pack. It's not the DC Legends team that decided this. It's not the devs that decided it. It's just the way that corporations work is that they tell these DCL guys you have to have a pack. If there has to be a pack, is this not the best way of possibly introducing one in such a way that it retains the fairness of the event? Otherwise, you're just going to have a you know, pack that absolutely everyone can get. What's the point? Um, especially seeing as the uh, pay-to-play 
guys are going to end up buying 10 times as many, and you'll have a broader range of whales that are able to afford it. Right. And um, I've been talking to various members in the top 100 right now in Siege, and uh, hardly anyone's really bought the pack, maybe one or two guys, but so far everyone's held off, uh, even my Alliance members. Um, I've personally held off too, uh, just because I started that boycott. But Oh my god, shut the hell up! Uh, yeah, it's uh, such a such a bad price point, but it's there. The pri the pack is there, but it's such a bad price point. It's a terrible return on investment that no one's gonna buy it. It's just therefore, like you said, the richest of kids to just buy it so they can be happy. Exactly right. I mean, it minimize like, like I said before, it minimizes the impact that pay to play could possibly have on the fandom event. Like everyone moves down a handful of ranks. Um, actually, weirdly, uh, I can't remember who I was speaking to on Reddit, but they were like, yeah, I went down like a thousand spots or whatever it was. <clears throat> and I think people in the uh, lower ranks are probably going to feel the effects a lot more than the ones that are sort of in the sort of 15,000 and above. Um, but I guess that's just how these, these rankings work. I think that those, those kids out there, like I said, that, go-to example that just have their parents' credit card that are buying 10 of these packs are the ones who just don't have strong enough turns to actually get up to the very top. So they sort of are in that bottom of the top 25% and they may impact some of the lower-ranked ones a little bit more than I think the top ranks get, but it's way less of an impact than it could have been. And I don't think it's... I think it's the lesser of two evils in my opinion yeah and what you said totally makes sense you know and, um, after that I kind of just calmed down a bit I was like oh well <laughs> corporations going to be a corporation so there's nothing to be upset right right I think that they've got a product manager there <clears throat> who probably is trying to do right by us so usually a product manager will say okay here's what I want an app to be uh, what does Mike employer want the app to be and how do I strike a good balance between the two of them whoever that person is whether it's Stanner or whoever it may be um, I think did the best thing that they possibly could have done it's one way to appease their employer and it's one way to ensure that we sort of keep the integrity of the event yeah well um, is there anything else you wanted to cover tonight or is that uh that's all and whatever you want <laughs> uh, i'm pretty easy i'm loving uh tell you what loving um dr poison definitely underrated tone uh -huh. um i think that she's one of those ones that people are trying to fit her into bleed teams and she's not a bleed um who's i speaking to in the chat theo uh, no, Darren. It was Darren that I was speaking to in, in the chat about pairing with Constantine. Oh, yeah. Which I think is <laughs> absolutely awesome, awesome, awesome combination. Um, I think she's not a bleed tone. She's not a bleed character, but she pairs unbelievably well with someone who's able to get a stack up there. Seeing as... Um, Siren is a uh, is a no go currently. Similar sort of thing with with Cheetah. The amount of Constantines out there. Uh, Doctor Poison is absolutely killing it. 
the um, uh, one comp that I kind of want to try out if I'm able to somehow get my terribly ranked Constantine strong enough is um, Martian Manhunter is a lead with Constantine and Dr. Poison. Dr. Poison, well, she dies so quickly from area of effect attacks, so Power Girl takes takes her out unbelievably quickly, so you need something to hold her off a little bit. If you're able to get the bleeds going on an opposing team in some way, um, the heal that you're able to give your own team and the amount of damage that you're able to spread out is absolutely through the roof. Hmm. Um, I mean, she's, she's, I think I'm two thirds of the way up ringing up her abilities and she's sort of critting for that eight, nine K per turn. Um, so maybe that's something you can give a stab. Try Martian Manhunter as the lead with, uh, Constantine and Dr. Poison and whoever else, yeah, pick your fourth and see how that goes. Huh. Uh, now Ogre, Gave advice on Dr. Poison, saying that you don't want to open with her AoE. You want to open with her basic. Uh, how do you use her? Uh, yeah, no, I definitely I definitely agree. Her uh, area of attack, especially seeing as there's so many Wonder Girls out there, uh-huh. you kind of want to outstrip the rate that she can debuff. So if she can debuff, I think it's two, um, two blade stacks. So if you're able to, if you do an area of effect and you get an absolute minimum amount of bleeds, she's going to strip it pretty much the absolute next uh, next turn that she gets unbelievably quickly. Uh, I pretty much just spam her basic. I think a lot of uh, a lot of people tend to try and use everyone, uh, sort of all the abilities that every turn has as much as possible. Uh, I tend to try and get a big stack of bleeds going on the one. Uh, character, especially seeing as Dr. Poison's bleed duration for her basic is longer than her area of effect. Uh-huh. It's going to stay there longer and the stack's actually going to get bigger uh, and faster than most turns can actually strip them off themselves. Hmm. So I wonder if uh, you just do like a Martian Manhunter uh, Dr. Poison, Constantine Lobo or Atrocitus as your fourth. There you, there you go. Yeah, I'm I definitely, yeah, that would actually, yeah, because Lobo would be able to spread bleeds like there's no tomorrow. Uh, he he proxies basic so quickly that he essentially does one of her AOEs after, you know, two turns and a death, let's say. Um, he's just going to be doing it so regularly, let alone his own error of effect. I think that the poison is best used when you're using both her basic and her heal it's like batman beyond right um there's absolutely no point in using any other ability than his basic right it's got a pretty high crit chance um it has a chance of hitting more than one turn and the benefits that you get out of using that rather than uh losing that high stack on a single turn that you're trying to you know negate uh, i i think i've used his other abilities once in the past Two months. Uh, I think because <laughs> that's the reason why you no, bring him to the no fight. There's no point, right? Because that's the reason you bring him to the fight. Yeah, spam is basic. exactly right. Exactly right. Just keep on going. That there's there's absolutely no point. You're better off, you know, getting uh, 
getting a character to pretty much never hit you um, or doubling your chance to hit for, for a crit with him rather than losing a stack on a, on a turn and try. I've noticed that his sort of big hit has such a low crit rate, irrespective of whether or not you've got invisibility or however many hit chance downs you've got on him. Um, I don't know if it's just me. It seems this basic crits so much more regularly. Right. All right. Uh, this podcast is running a bit long, so uh, I'll uh, I'll have to cut it here. But uh, thanks for coming on, Bruno. And uh, man, what was that? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for the feedback, and uh, I'll, and uh, hopefully uh, everyone takes your wisdom and uh, uh, kind of. I hope the your words kind of call the community and they uh, get more ideas from you, and hopefully we'll have you on at another time. Thanks again, dude. Have a good one. All right, see ya. And now we enter our winner circle. The top alliance this week was UJLICOA with 96,400 points. The top 10 cutoff was 44,774 points. And the top 100 cutoff was 25,304 points. In the Wraith Arena for Red Robin, the world's finest again was Jon Snow with 4,897 points. The top 35 cutoff was 3,125 points. And the top 100 cutoff was 3,002 points. Congratulations to the winners. Did you like the show? Consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash legends for more information. Thanks for listening. <laughs> You're not going to say anything? We are legends. Hey guys, this is Ogre Barbarian. Thanks for listening to this episode of We Are Legends. Be sure to tune in next episode of the Osmond Broadcast coming next week.